how do we manage the protein transition? Which food components can provably boost your immune system? What's the best way to validate health claims for food and food components? Listen to our food and health experts discuss the biggest questions facing the food, nutraceutical, and food ingredient industries today. Welcome to Niso Talks Food and Health. During the current pandemic, consumer demand for immune-boosting nutraceutical and food products have strongly increased. According to the latest Innova Market Insights, over 60% of consumers worldwide are looking for products that support the immune system. Now we take a look at human clinical trials with Alwina Cardinal, Principal Scientist Nutrition and Health at NISO. During the current pandemic, uh, immune-boosting uh, nutraceuticals and food products are really on the increase. Of course, these products need to be backed up by solid scientific evidence. And especially, human clinical trials are a crucial element to, uh, towards getting that. Today, I will be talking to Alwina Cardinal. She's Principal Scientist uh, Health and Nutrition at NISO and also Theme Director Healthy Nutrition at TIFN. Welcome, Alwina. Hi, René. Nice to be here. Hi. Uh, Alwina, um, so uh, cl uh, human clinical studies. Um, uh, how do you feel that we should study immune-busting effect of uh, ingredients and components in humans? Well, that is a, a difficult question to start with because um, the immune system is, is a complex system. What the immune system does, maybe that's good to start with explaining, mm -hmm. is that it protects our body from invasion by um, microbes from outside, viruses, um, bacteria, fungi, etc. And um, our immune system consists of uh, a very complex interplay of different cells and tissues and different organs of our bodies, proteins that are produced by this system. And maybe it's also good to mention um, at the start already that our immune system basically consists of, of two different systems that work together. Mm -hmm. That's the, on the one hand, the innate system you're born with that, and it's the first line of protection against invaders. Uh, for example, your skin belongs to it, um, the lining um, of, of mucus in your gut belongs to it, but also certain cells. And there's the adaptive immune system, and that reacts, uh, that learns from exposure to pathogens, to bacteria and viruses that you um, um, that you meet during your life yeah. and that is a more long-term reaction to, um, to, to a pathogen because it, it uh, depends on a sort of memory of what you have encountered before. Yeah. So that's important to realize before, um, well, seeing how you can, uh, can study uh, the effects of, of food ingredients on your immune system. Yeah. And if we talk on a, on, a, on a human trial or a clinical trial, what specifically are we looking for in a clinical trial? Well, clinical trials are, are um, the gold standard, the, the, the proof of the pudding. Um, there's a trajectory before that, um, uh, preclinical studies that can be done in vitro models that will be used. Uh, information on the food ingredients, etc. But the clinical studies um, need to be done to show that an ingredient is really effective 
and when is an ingredient effective, when it uh, protects you from an infection, for example, so that is effective in, in preventing an infection, but it can also be effective in reducing the, um, the duration or the severity of an infection. So those are outcomes from clinical studies that are important to study. And if you're uh, looking for such a trial, how, how do you select the clinical trial approach that you want to use? Well, that's also a good question because there's, there's really different sorts of um, uh, trial designs or, or approaches that you can use in clinical trials to study um, beneficial effects of ingredients on the immune system. You can look, for example, um, at field trials, trials um, just in, in, in the normal situation. Um, and there's also more specific trials that focus on a, a spe specific mechanism of action. Um, to know which type of research model you should use, which, which type of, of human study design, it's important to know more about the mechanism of action of your ingredient. So you need to know more about the specific uh, food ingredient you are working with and uh, to look at anything that is available from preclinical in vitro trials or maybe animal trials that have been done yeah. that give you an indication on which part of the immune system may be involved. Because yeah. knowing which part will help you decide what is um, the right sort of design for a human clinical trial. Uh, yeah. And now field trials are often considered to be the, the, the standard or the golden standard. So, so could you explain a bit what are the advantages, but maybe also what could be disadvantages? Um, yes, well, if a field trial is a sort of a, a study in a real life situation. So what, what often is done, the, the type of design that you should think of is that a large group of um, people is recruited for such a study and um, half of the people will get the active ingredient for which you expect beneficial effects and the other yeah. half will get a placebo, um, uh, uh, an ingredient that you don't expect to do anything. And you follow this large group of people uh, in a situation where they are likely to be exposed to a pathogen. Um, for example, you can send um, people to, to countries where there is uh, a chance they will be exposed to, um, to food pathogens, to bacteria, and they will get traveler's disease, yeah, yeah. for example. Or, or you will do a study in um, children in, in uh, daycare and you know that well children are, are always having a cold or yeah, <laughs> something yeah, yeah, else yeah. so that is a situation where you expect them to become exposed but you're not sure and that is a disadvantage so it is a real life situation that's good but the disadvantage is that you cannot predict in advance how many of your population will be exposed to this virus to this, or yeah, this bacterium yeah, yeah. so this is a field trial now there are also uh, challenge trials uh, how would you uh, how would you compare that to field trials, or what's the advantage? Yeah, well, challenge trials. Um, I, I may not have mentioned it yet, but a challenge trial is a sort of controlled situation, 
And, and that is exactly the, the advantage of, of that approach, is the control that you have over uh, your research setting. So um, the basic idea is the same, that you, you, you recruit a, a number of um, people from the general population um, that, that uh, you intend to benefit from the ingredient in the end, so mm -hmm. that's your target population. And then um, you give half of them the active food ingredient and half of them the placebo. But then you don't wait uh, over a whole winter period, for example, until they are infected or not. But you um, expose them to a relatively benign pathogen. So you can expose them. There are models we have worked with, the, um, with, with um, researchers from the... Um, Amsterdam Medical Center, for example, mm -hmm. who have developed uh, a rhinovirus challenge uh, study design. And you can expose um, people to uh, uh, a common cold virus. Right. Yeah. And uh, something that we have developed and applied within NISO is exposure to um, a food infection bacterium that gives relatively mild symptoms. And by exposing everyone at the same time to this uh, infectious agent, you know exactly that it is indeed that particular agent that helps you to predict what might happen. Yeah. And you're also really sure at what point in time you need to take samples. And that's also important. Yeah. So you take it, your samples at the point that you can expect to see something happening in, in the immune cells or the symptoms. Yeah, so it's much more controlled and you know for sure that they meet the infection that you are basically looking for to see what the effect of the food or the ingredient is. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, there are also other type of uh, clinical trials which are based on vaccination, uh, I believe. So can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, yes, indeed, because um, when you do a, a challenge trial on the one hand, then uh, you measure this, the symptoms and different parts of the immune system are, are likely to be involved. Um, depending on what you measure, you can get more information on those parts of the immune system. Yeah. A vaccination trial <coughs> is designed uh, in particular to look at um, the effects on the adaptive immune system because in a vaccination you give a, a vaccine and your body responds by producing certain proteins, mm -hmm. antibodies that will help your body to, um, to react quickly to a next infection with um, with the agent for which the vaccine was yeah. produced. So when you use uh, an influenza vaccine, it helps you to protect you against the influenza uh, infection. Yeah. So th that is the sort of uh, design that you can also use in a vaccination trial. You don't um, expose people to the infection itself, but you give them first during uh, a couple of weeks, for example, again, the treatment with the placebo or the active ingredient. Yeah. And then you give them a vaccination um, uh, scheme and that can be an oral vaccination. We have, for example, um, that there is the option of, of using the oral cholera vaccination, mm -hmm. which is, is, is quite a, 
uh, a nice type of vaccination because not many people have been exposed to it um, in our world normally yeah. no not to color but not to the vaccine oh, yeah. either yeah, not yeah. to the vaccine mm -hmm. and um, that means that you can uh, recruit people who have never had this vaccine and are uh, you can use them to see how they will respond in producing the antibodies yeah and another type of vaccination is, is for example hepatitis vaccination or influenza vaccination and then you don't look at the symptoms because people won't get symptoms from a vaccination right. but you look at the anti -respo antibody response in the blood and that's what you're measuring as a result yeah. yeah and so yeah so now you discussed uh, several types of uh, of, of trials yeah, or approaches uh, of course you need the target group to look at how do you select a target group for a study how do you do that? <coughs> well, when it is uh, when you are developing um, a food ingredient for a supplement or a functional food, um, in most cases you want to you want it to be applicable for as as large a part of the population yeah. as possible, of course. And many of these studies are done in um, the general adult population. On the other hand, in particular, children, for example, and elderly are more susceptible to some sorts of infection. So you would like to uh, have study results in, in these particular target groups as well. Studies in children are, of course, um, very well, much more restricted than studies in elderly. So yeah. often you have to do a study in, 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 um, in adult subjects and see whether you can translate these results to children. Sometimes that's possible, but not always. Um, but it's often, for example, a good idea to do a study in, in elderly subjects because their immune sy uh, system is often a bit compromised. It doesn't work as well as it used to. Um, so they can also have um, a larger benefit from an ingredient that helps them um, yeah. boost their immune system. Immune system, yeah. Well, Alwina, thank you very much for a very broad explanation of the use of uh, clinical trials. Uh, the differences and how to select them and how to apply them in order to back up the ingredients and food uh, that may help boosting your immune system. Um, please subscribe to our webcast. This was Nisa Talks Food and Health. And if you want to learn more, please check out our website. Thanks for your attention. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes via our website and other platforms like Spotify, Apple iTunes and YouTube. Subscribe through your regular podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode.